Hello, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thank you for joining us. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the task that we were assigned is Monster Musume, Everyday Life with Monster Girls. This was a manga series that started in 2012, and somehow it's still going on. <laughs> uh, it turned into an anime series in 2015, with 12 episodes plus a couple of OVAs. We'll be discussing those uh, first four episodes in depth, but we'll try to avoid major spoilers in our show. Yeah, so um, the show centers around the idea that the Japanese government has revealed the existence of mythical species and introduces the Interspecies Cultural Exchange Act in order to integrate these creatures into normal human society. These creatures live with ordinary families, similar to an exchange student program, under a set of legal restrictions meant to protect both the humans and the monster girls. But due to a clerical error, the protagonist, Komahito, becomes the host of several monster species throughout the show. In this series of episodes, we meet Mia, the Lamia, Poppy, the Harpy, and Centauria, the Centaur, and Sue, the Slime. The monster girls live with Komahito and fight over his affections, while exchange program coordinator Smith goes to no effort to correct the clerical mistake. Their relationships intensify when Komohito is told that as part of a test case for the human-monster interaction, he will have to marry one of his housemates. So, uh, first episode, <laughs> we had no plot at all on uh, Miss Machiko. No, we totally got just thrown in. Second episode, we had pretty good show. Mm -hmm. um, this week, there's a plot. Yes. But we don't really see much of it, do we? No. No. In fact, when we get thrown into the first episode, um, everything ends up being a whole lot of exposition because they just throw you right into it. And then they have to backtrack and explain why the world is the way that it is. Right. When we had kind of talked about this beforehand, uh, you thought that the general premise was pretty interesting, mm -hmm. if not not amazing, not sure. groundbreaking, but it's something that you could see being a decent show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, uh, the idea of like, hey, the, government, the government's actually known about all of these half-human, demi-human, I think, um, yeah. people, and they've just suddenly decided to integrate them into the human society, I was like, ah, oh, this could be really interesting. You know, we could look at how people interact and treat the monsters. Also, like, how do you suddenly accommodate, like, building sizes for people that are more than, you know, larger than people size and have different physiological needs? Yeah. I thought that would be really interesting. Sure. That is not what the show is about. No, uh, there, there's, there is a plot, but it's barely <laughs> recognizable under the enormous pile of trash. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, while the basic premise isn't necessarily bad, the plot is really secondary to sexual escapades. Yes. Yes. Um, and this is what made me so sad about the show because um, with Miss. Machiko, it was, it was just out there. That's what it was. There was nothing deeper going on. Yeah, we never thought it was going to get better. No. We never saw any anything on the horizon. Right, but this show has so much to work with. 
there's so many interesting things that they could have done with this. And they totally turned it into this sort of, I don't know if you'd call it like a fetish show of some sort. I, I believe know. the genre is harem. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it, it, to me, it's such a bummer because I feel like there is so much material to work with and they chose a very specific direction that I just personally am not interested in. So because there's not really a plot that <laughs> drives the show, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about the characters specifically. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the main protagonist is uh, Kimihito. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is we had to look up his name. Yes, they only say it once. And we didn't catch it, apparently, because for the rest of the show, the monster girls and other people Mm -hmm. call him like darling Mm -hmm. or they call him master Mm -hmm. or various other Mm -hmm. uh, pet names names and titles. No pun intended. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty bland, in my opinion. Yes, uh, he is, um, which I found out like he's supposed to just be the ordinary guy. Yeah. Um, like, because the show covers um, this new, like, cultural exchange with these monster girls, he's really supposed to be, like, the most average case of this, like, he is a person, um, but he's not. Like, there's there's four girls living with him. Yeah. By the time we were at episode four, and we know that there's more because we saw them in the intro, intro video, video, but mm-hmm. we weren't introduced to them yet. Yeah. So reading a little bit more about the manga series, mm-hmm. um, it turns out he's living at his parents' house. That's why he has such a nice place. They so briefly mention. Oh, do they? There's a one-liner, and I wrote it down, that his parents are living abroad. Yeah. But he does renovations to their house. Yeah, they, while they're living abroad, they completely overhaul their bathroom into mm-hmm. this giant, enormous thing that can accommodate like horses mm-hmm. and giant snake people, mm-hmm. and all of this is happening without his parents' knowledge. Apparently, I guess we never talked to his parents. Yeah, doesn't seem like there's any acknowledgement that they know what's going on. It seems like they're trying to portray him as sort of he's the only person who doesn't really respond to the fact that they're monsters. Mm -hmm. And they touch on this a few times where Mm -hmm. the monster people will go out into the public and they'll be surrounded by people on their cell phones taking pictures Mm -hmm. and stuff or or people who are downright rude to them. Yes. And he's kind of the only person who's just nice. Yeah, and treats them them like as if they were humans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But still, it's not... Very well done. No. And and some of it with his character is also he is able to resist all their sexual advances yeah. all the time. And that's supposed to be something special about him is that he's able to resist their charms mm-hmm. because they have specific laws about humans and monster girls being able to have sexual relations is that he would go to jail and she would get deported. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which... That's an off topic, but deported to where? Yes, they never mention it. Where do they, we don't know where they come from. Nope. Where were they hidden all these years? Yeah. Maybe the manga talks about that, but. I have no idea. Certainly not in four episodes of the anime. So. Yeah, I, we don't know if they're like, if they're just on a remote part of Earth or if there's like a portal thing between two parallel worlds or oh, nobody knows. 
So moving on to the monster girls themselves, mm-hmm. um, the first one that we meet is Lamia, mm-hmm. uh, is a Lamia, mm-hmm. sorry. Her name is Mia, mm-hmm. uh, which would be a half snake, half human person. Yep. Uh, snake for the bottom half, human yes. for the top half. Um, what do you think about her? Um, <laughs> the, the thing I actually noted about her is to me, she kind of seemed like uh, a teenage boy's fantasy. Mm-hmm. because she's completely obsessed with the main character. That's the only thing she thinks about or talks about is the main character. And the even though she knows that it's against the law, all she wants to do is have sex with him. That's it. It's not even like, oh, I want to be in love with him and I want him to love me. No, she just straight up wants to sleep with this guy. Yeah, and she continually asserts herself as like his closest companion. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, he treats everyone equally, he Mm -hmm. never shows her any special attention. Nope. Uh, She kind of forces herself as the main monster girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even when the other ones start coming in and and living with him, Mm -hmm. she gets extremely jealous about him showing any attention to anybody else. The other thing that kind of bummed me out about her personality is that we don't see why she's in love with the main character. Um, she calls him darling right off the bat and we jump in when she's already like, she's already smitten with him. And it seems like the only reason why she likes him is for this idea that he treats her with kindness, but she's already really smitten with him before he does these acts of heroism in her favor, like protecting her against people that are going to harass her and mocking her and different things like that. Yeah. So to me, it's like there's no reason for her to like him other than that he's the main character and that's what they wanted her to be like. Yeah. It's also worth noting that part of the interspecies bill mm-hmm. that they have in place is mm-hmm. that monsters aren't allowed to hurt humans. Humans mm-hmm. aren't allowed to hurt monsters. Mm-hmm. Which seems obvious, like humans also aren't allowed to hurt humans. So, like, why do you even need to state that? Sure. Uh, But she continually is violent (laughs) towards him. Mm -hmm. It seems like she's not always trying to be. Well, she seems unaware of it. Yeah. For the most part. But still, he's like, I'm choking. You're killing me. I'm going to die. And she just continues doing Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, she always seems like she's so swept up in her emotions for him and her passion for him that she just completely ignores anything that he is thinking or feeling or saying until he is like in physical pain. Uh, The second character that we meet is Poppy, who is a harpy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a half bird person. She has like bird wings, but they're pretty much integrated with her arms Mm -hmm. and her hands. Yeah, she doesn't have hands. She just has her little like talons. Yeah. That's like a finger. She's presented as kind of childlike. Mm-hmm. She's not very smart. Mm-mm. Bird-brained. We, yeah, bird-brained. <laughs> there's there's lots of puns mm-hmm. um, in that episode. We discussed last week the idea of the ahoge, which <laughs> yes. is the uh, wild strand of hair sticking out of uh, characters' heads mm-hmm. that indicates they're not terribly smart. Mm-hmm. She definitely has one of those. Uh, which, since you mentioned that... I don't know if you caught this. I had to I had to go back and look at this. Um, Mia also had an ahoge before we get introduced to any other female character. So she's kind of Relative like... Relative to the others, she's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah. So like at first, she kind of comes off as like, oh, I'm so innocent. And like, 
I I just am so in love with this character. But as soon as she's introduced to other females, that Ahoge goes away and she becomes very domineering and she asserts yeah. herself and you find out she's actually kind of conniving yeah. and, and really jealous of the main character yeah. and that Ahoge goes away. Good catch. Yeah, That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't quite figure out Poppy's relationship with the main character. Yeah, it it's kind of romantic, but like in a much more innocent way. Um, at one point she is being a bird and like bathing and she kind of refers to the main character as like her brother. Yeah. And he's like, well, this isn't what brother and sisters do. So, um, it, yeah, it's this weird dynamic between them. Yeah. If they had gone the brother sister route without sexualizing Mm -hmm. her at all, I Mm -hmm. think I would have been fine with this, but she's presented as young, Mm -hmm. but still has sexual characteristics Mm -hmm. and is treated in that way. Yeah. One of the things that they talk about is that apparently the harpies, because they're like part bird, they don't grow to be the size of like a full grown woman or even a full grown like adult. Even if they reach that age and that like sexual maturity, they physically look more like a child or probably more like a young teen. Right. Um, She's not looking like a six year old. She probably looks Looks more like she's 13, something yeah, like that. Something. Just hit puberty, sort of. I guess supposedly so that they can fly better. Yeah, th- yeah, that's one of the things. At the end of each episode, I actually kind of like this part. Again, this was what I found more interesting than the show itself. <laughs> is post-credits, they have a little, um, like a still of the different types of monster girls that are out there. And like the subspecies of like harpies or the lamias. Um, or even the centaurs that we meet later. And they explain like, oh, this is why they look the way that they do. And these are characteristics. And this is like things that are similar in their personalities. And these are different types that you haven't even seen yet, but they exist. And that was one of the things they say is because they're not good at flying because they're, they have to be so small because their arms are their wings. So they can't like carry huge amounts of weight. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah Which and- they break all the time. The show is not very consistent about no, its rules it's not. because Poppy ends up carrying Mia, who's a seven plus foot link snake woman. She's very heavy, which is something they talk about a lot mm-hmm. is like that she's bigger and she's heavier. But Poppy carries her like flies her around just fine. Yeah. yeah not consistent at all. The third monster that we meet is a centaur. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's probably the more well-known of the mythical creatures that we've met so far. Yes. Uh, being a half horse. Mm-hmm. This character, uh, Centauria, I believe, mm-hmm. she is fiercely loyal mm-hmm. to the main character for basically no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has kind of a very traditional moral and ethical code, sort of like what you'd see in a, a warrior race of yes. sorts. And when they first meet the centaur, she's trying to find a master, Mm -hmm. somebody that she can devote her loyalty to. And she's on the lookout for that. Which is interesting. She's probably at least a little more uh, nuanced. Yes. Than the rest of the characters, because um, and this is something that you only find out um, if you stay till after the credits and read those lengthy cards. Yeah. Lengthy cards, which, like I said, I enjoyed. Um, but the Lamias and the Harpies are all female races, where the Centaurs are not. Because, of course, they are. Yeah. Um, but the Centaurs are not. So when she encounters a man, the main character, she's not as immediately smitten with him. She actually is kind of like, you're not 
like a super great warrior, but I guess because we ran into the street together, we're destined to be together. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that she carries basically a plastic sword with her because... <laughs> Which you don't know at first. <laughs> right. So she she's attacking somebody, mm-hmm. uh, trying to protect Kimihito and... Mm-hmm. It was a thief. A thief, yeah. yeah. And it turns out it was a plastic sword, mm-hmm. so she couldn't hurt anybody. Because she's not actually allowed to carry weapons. Right. And she has zero self-control when it comes to, like, protecting herself and mm-hmm. using the weapon. So mm-hmm. they had to give her a fake one. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that she kind of comes into choosing him as the master mm-hmm. is that he, when they are chasing down this thief, he gets on her back. Yeah, he like rides he her like a horse. Like a horse, mm-hmm. which turns out, of course, <laughs> is some sort of code for, oh, we're destined to be together. We're like mm-hmm. married now. Mm-hmm. Which is something she did kind of preface to give them a small, tiny bit of credit. She did specifically tell him because he was trying to, like, get on her back. And yeah. she was like, no, no, no. You do not get to, r- like, ride on my back. That's inappropriate. That's not okay. Yeah. So she does kind of warn him. Now I feel like I'm trying to defend the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to give it something, I Yeah, guess. yeah. But um, because of the crazy chase scene, he just ends up kind of crawling on her back in order to stay, like, anywhere near her. And then he ends up defending her. And kind of the combination of him defending her and riding her back has led her to decide that he is her master and they are destined to be together. Yeah. The final monster that we meet is Sue, mm-hmm. who is a slime girl. Yes. Which also missed opportunity here because one of the things that they talk about with the slimes is that they actually have not been given permission to participate in this cultural right. exchange. Um, so in a way she's like an illegal immigrant, right? but they decide not to cover it at all. (laughs) Um, which maybe they do. I highly doubt it because we end at the fourth episode. We end with the government finding out that a slime has been living at this house. I don't quite understand this creature choice. Mm -hmm. It kind of seems in contrast to the other ones, which are more traditional Greek mythology sort of things versus this is straight out of like dragon quest yeah it felt very rpgs which they made a lot of video game jokes about her so it's it's weird that they incorporated her in i don't know if there is like if in japanese culture if slimes are like a type of creature that is more common i'm not sure yeah but they didn't play on that at all nope (laughs) (laughs) um and it's It's interesting. There are in the show creatures that we haven't met officially Mm -hmm. who do fall into other traditions of different folklore. Yes. So there's like mummies and Mm -hmm. zombies Mm -hmm. and I don't know. There's shapeshifters. Um, There's ogres, I know, is uh, there. So I guess that's a little more Western (laughs) RPG kind of. Yes. Um, So there's there's definitely a little bit. One character that we didn't meet. But was in the intro video is a mermaid. Yeah, there is a mermaid. Um, so I don't even know where that falls into. And then I think the last one that we haven't met is a, a spider. Yeah, is a spider woman. Yeah, which that one freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> but we didn't get to meet that one. The other character that we met in these episodes is Miss Smith, mm-hmm. 
She is supposedly the agent who deals with Kimihito's household and the girls who are assigned to him. Yeah, she's like the coordinator between the monster girls and the host homes. She's supposed to be sort of a moderator for the interspecies exchange program, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. (laughs) I read uh, some stuff on basically commentary on her that was saying, like, she's supposed to be the stereotypical government worker, Mm -hmm. like a civil servant who is real lazy and doesn't really get her job done. So that's (laughs) why this clerical error happened Mm -hmm. is because she just doesn't want to do her job. Interesting. And so she keeps just sticking him with one monster after another, being Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't want to go find someone else, and you're willing to do it, Mm -hmm. so you take all of them. And she actually is very... I I don't know if it's sarcasm or not. I see it as sarcasm. She also does not refer to him by his name. No. Because Mia started calling him Darling. She calls him Darling, or Mr. Darling. It's kind of both. (laughs) And even in her phone, it says Darling Coon. You know, in it, and she, I, she kind of just pokes fun at him, and it's just like, well, this is your life now. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, while simultaneously like destroying his home and forcing all of these programs on him. Yes, yeah, she just casually knowing that these girls are very sexualized, that they tend to be very aggressive when seeking out mates. Is she very casually drops? The idea of like, oh, hey, maybe you'd be really good for this program where we try to see if humans and monsters can get married. And then she leaves for him to make a decision about which of the which of the girls he's going to marry. Yeah, I couldn't quite follow how she was trying to enforce the rules of the program Mm -hmm. because she seemed to be simultaneously (laughs) encouraging their bad Mm -hmm. behavior while also constantly threatening the characters Mm-hmm. You're going to get deported or you're going to get arrested if you do these things. Yeah, it seems like she can't decide between whether she's cheering them on or like doing her job. The other thing about the show is that there is an outro animation yes. <laughs> that doesn't really fit at all with what we've seen. No. It it presents a show that looks totally different. Sounds it's, totally different. It's very intense and yeah. uh, sort of looks like a almost a cop drama or yes. something with other monster girls. Yeah. It still has the monster girls part in it, but it's all girls and they all look like they're about to kick butt. Yeah. And it has this really cool like rock music behind it that does not fit with the theme of the show at all. Nope. And I am way more interested in that show yeah. than the one we ended up watching. <laughs> so I think we both did a little bit of research on this just yes. to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Those characters that they show, um, it's, I think, four monster girls yes. and Smith. Yes. And they call themselves MON, mm-hmm. M-O-N, which mm-hmm. stands for Monster Ops Neutralization. Yeah. Which is a task force meant to deal with monsters who exploit the Interspecies Protection Act. Mm-hmm. So I want to read a a quote on the Monster Masume Wiki, it's which, okay. yes, there is an entire <laughs> wiki devoted to this. Oh, I know. I found it. <laughs> it says... Due to a loophole in the extra species laws prohibiting violence against non-human species, the police are unable to use necessary force to arrest extra species lawbreakers. The MON is a special unit of four monster girls led by Smith to handle such untouchable situations. See, I would also like to watch that show. Right. Where is that show? I'm curious to know if that ends up being a more present 
thing going on in later episodes because we don't see them at all. No. We just encounter Smith. Yeah. We don't we don't see these other monster girls. Yeah, from the synopses that I read through, it seemed like they show up a few times, but it's largely not the focus. I keep hoping that this show <laughs> would be like I said, there's so much material that I feel like would be really interesting to dive into and they don't cover it at all. Like, I really wish somebody, fan fiction, I guess, uh, <laughs> would take the premise of the show and then go a totally different non-sexualized... Oh, well, I have good news for you, but I'll get to that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, the characters in the task force that they show, mm-hmm. there's a zombie. Mm-hmm. There is a cyclops mm-hmm. who is apparently a sniper. That's awesome. She carries a rifle and oh she's God. supposedly good at it because she has one eye. But but depth perception. I I know. <laughs> okay. I can't figure that out either. <laughs> there's a shapeshifter and there's an ogre. Ah, shapeshifter. Yeah. Uh, when we were watching the outro, um, there's a girl in there whose hair is just like billowing around Real wispy, her. Wispy, sort of. We could not figure out what kind of monster she's supposed to be. Shapeshifter makes sense. Yeah. We thought maybe mummy, like her hair was like her wraps, but yeah. the shapeshifter makes sense. What do you think of the way that the show presents itself in terms of visual and music styles? Yeah, so um, the the way that the characters are drawn. Um, Especially the girls. This is something you and I had kind of noted. Overall, they're very interesting looking. Um, I like I like the combination of like the monsters and the girls. Um, they seem to be not just like let's totally draw just half a human and then attach an animal to the bottom half. Um, you know, they still have fangs or they have like animal ears or scales like on their faces. It's still very interesting. That being said. Most of the girls tend to be very top-heavy. They have very large breasts for very small bodies. Um, The centaur especially, uh, which they try to explain in that after-credits thing saying because um, because centaur... uh, Well, gosh, what do you call a baby centaur? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Because the children are so large, because they're half horse and half human, they need a lot of milk. And so they women tend to need very large breasts to uh-huh. give milk. That would make sense sure. if that actually took place in the show at all. Then I could get behind it. But no, that yeah. it just seems like they're boob heavy for, you know, boys to look yeah. at boobs. Extremely disproportionate in <laughs> gross, weird ways. Yes. Um, but also, like, they have a really hard time of explaining the anatomy of things. Yes. And without too much detail here, Mm -hmm. like, they'll get into sexual situations Mm -hmm. and be, like, in seductive poses, removing clothing. And you're like, where is, what are you going to show there? Like, Mm -hmm. what is going to, what is this going to lead to? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. The way that they present that. They just want to make sure that you know that it's possible for humans and monster girls to to have sex. Uh, One of the things I noted um, and I actually ended up doing some research on it, is the main character has a very strange look, which is his eyes are not drawn for the majority of the series. Oh, right. How he's kind of glazed over all the time. Yes. Yeah. He basically has like pupilless eyes and they're just like little white circles on his face. And I discovered why it is that he's drawn this way. Apparently, the creator of the manga didn't even want to draw his face. He didn't, he didn't want the main character to have a face because he wanted people, the readers, to be able to insert themselves 
into of course his role he wanted it to feel like it was a dating sim yeah so apparently his editors didn't like that and they told him no man you have to draw a face (laughs) so he compromised and didn't really draw eyes except in only very serious situations but most of the time he doesn't really have eyes (laughs) which is kind of creepy to me some of the other character designs um we didn't meet the cyclops Yes. But we saw her in the outro video. Mm-hmm. She is just Leela from Futurama. Yeah, right? e- except she doesn't have a ponytail. Sure. But she has purple hair. The same purple hair, yes. like wearing a yellow jumpsuit or yes. something. It is very, I no, don't know. We we kind of got excited because we're like, oh, that person looks like Leela. Maybe the show will redeem yeah, itself. Right. It didn't. No. It didn't. <laughs> Some of the other designs, like I already mentioned the Spider Girl is kind of downright creepy and disturbing. (laughs) Uh, I kind of like Sue in some ways. Yeah. She's kind of fun and interesting as a character. Yeah, definitely. Um, She doesn't speak. Her race can only like mimic Mm -hmm. sounds and interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, But also most of her interactions are based on her mimicking other characters who are doing weird sexual things. Yes. So that's a double-edged sword, I guess. Sure. No, the one thing I liked that they incorporated with her design is that because she's a slime, part of her monster quality is that she can absorb water. um, And conversely, she can be dissolved in enough water. So she can change the way that her body looks. Um, So when we first meet her, she looks pretty much like you would think a slime would look like in a video game. Uh, And then because she sees these girls, she shapes her body in a way that looks like a girl. And then she can take on more water and change her body proportion. She gets bigger boobs. That's pretty much it. Um, But most of the time, she kind of looks like a young little girl. And, you know, you could even say that her little, she has these weird kind of antenna things. She doesn't have hair. But the way that it's shaped could probably be taken as... As the the idiot hair yeah. thing that we've talked about before. The animation itself seems pretty generic to me. Yeah. Nothing special. No. Uh, I didn't really see any noteworthy visual gags or Mm-mm. flashy anima- action sequences or anything like that. Yeah, it's not that it it doesn't look bad. You know, it, it's kind of what we talked about like last week with Magical Girl is um, it doesn't look bad. It's just it's clean and it's shiny and that's kind of it. I would say, though, even Magical Girl Ore at least had some character to it. And sure. It had some, there were some flashy sequences mm-hmm. where they were really showing off how good they were at that kind of polished yeah. animation. This just seemed like the bare minimum sort of thing sure. to me. Sure. No, I'm, I don't want to give it more credit than, <laughs> than it has. I didn't find the music to be particularly interesting either. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about the score because... I don't remember it at all. I was literally about to say the same thing. Yeah. I actually was going to ask you if you remembered more of the music because I I didn't. (laughs) I have no idea what the music was like. Except for the outro. Sure. The outro music being that kind of like weird out of place metal song. Yes. But. That's the only reason why I remember it is because it was so out of character. It was at least memorable. Yeah. And it made me long for a show that I wasn't going to get to see. Yeah. The, (laughs) The intro music is just kind of bad J-pop sort of stuff. Yeah. And it follows this common practice that you see in anime, which is when they write an original song Mm -hmm. for a show, Mm -hmm. they just use the voice actors to do the the vocals. Yes. Now, a lot of voice actors can sing, Mm -hmm. 
but very few of them are like really polished studio singers. Right. So they just kind of use their character voices, which mm-hmm. are really high pitched and mm-hmm. kind of squeaky and mm-hmm. unappealing in some ways. Yeah, it's I not, don't like that style at all. You would not choose to listen to like if this is if this whole thing was just about them singing, like you wouldn't choose to listen to music done in these voices. Yeah. Overall, it was kind of cheesy, bad production, bad lyrics, mm-hmm. that the whole package. Yeah. The outro music. While the the production is interesting because it's that out-of-place rock song, yeah. it still uses the same weird vocal kind of thing, yeah, which seemed odd to me. Yeah, the only reason why it felt special at all is because it was just so out-of-place compared to the rest of the series. The outro video did not feel like it belonged. It looked like you were watching something for a totally different show. If it didn't have Smith in it, I probably wouldn't have thought that it was connected yeah. <laughs> at all. Do you have any general likes and dislikes and thoughts to wrap us up? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about this a little bit. Um, I I feel like there was just so much missed potential here. And it makes me so sad because I, as a kid, really grew up loving mythology. And so seeing these creatures interact in a very human world was really fascinating to me. And I was like, oh, this could be so cool. And then they totally missed the mark, um, in my opinion. I just could not find a way to engage. And even if it had been like a romantic series, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it could have gotten behind that. If it was like, oh, how is this human going to love this monster girl? I, I could have even gotten behind that. But it was just like, how can we get these characters into sexually compromising positions mm-hmm. and situations and make innuendos? And that just kind of felt cringeworthy to me. Yeah, I want to see a show where the main character who had this clerical error is like actually really inconvenienced by it and <laughs> is like, what the crap? Uh, can yes. you please fix this and get her out? Yeah. And they're both like really resentful towards each other and, yeah. and trying to cope in a s- yeah. government error. <laughs> kind of like uh, the odd couple, you know, yeah. that, that show where it's like bad roommates. Yeah, that would be more interesting than the show. Yeah, I think so. So I can't really understand why this is such a long-running manga series. Yeah, it's still it's, going on. <laughs> it's been going on for now... Three years? Four years? No, because it started in 20, 2012. Oh. oh, that's right. The show started in 2015. Yes. That's what it was, yes. So it's been going for over six years now. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I guess some people are into this sort of thing, but sure. this is the kind of thing where we roll this on Crunchyroll, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is why people think anime is bad. Yeah, it's not. I promise. It's not all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, we talked about, I'm going to add a feature to uh, the website this week of like, How many did we roll that are awesome and how many did we roll that are and show graphs and charts? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing about this that I thought was strange and maybe this is common in this kind of show is they still keep it relatively TV friendly by not actually showing anything. Sure. But the situations that they present, I think, are twice as bad as what they could be if you just showed something. Sure. Uh, The innuendo was like crazy over the top. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Colin and I were actually like uncomfortable at sure. one point. We were like, okay, Ugh. so. <laughs> So we can just skip the rest, right? (laughs) We'll read a synopsis online. We did not do that. We did watch the rest. No, we we did this for you. (laughs) You, the listener, we love you. In some cases, it was like one step away from rape jokes even. Yes. Yeah. Well, at one point, they do kind of make one about the centaur and him riding on her back. Without her consent. Yeah. 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 So would you watch more of this? Um, no. Like I said, <laughs> unless the show took a really dramatic turn, which the potential is there, y'all. It's there. Um, unless it shifted into really focusing on things like what are the racial tensions between these monsters and the humans and um, showing just how humans have been accommodating to uh, these monsters and incorporating them into a very human world. It The show isn't really for me. I don't. I don't find the relationships to be interesting, and I find the innuendos to be way over the top and just too many sex jokes for me to get behind. Agree. <laughs> uh, when I rolled this last week, um, I had mentioned like, oh, I think I've actually heard of this before. Mm-hmm. It turns out I had this confused with an unrelated and newer show <laughs> uh, called Interviews with Monster Girls, mm-hmm. which I think came out this year. So it was a little more recent. Yeah. And we looked up. They're totally not related. They're at not. All. Uh, if you look at the preview episode for that show on YouTube, mm-hmm. the first comment, at least at the moment of recording, is, uh, quote, non-eshi monster musume. <laughs> so it's basically a non-sexualized version of the same thing. So it is the show that I wanted to. Oh, that's what you were. Is that the surprise yeah, that, that there is a show that covers the things the, that I want to hear? The uh, premise of this show is that it's about a biology teacher who interviews three demi-humans mm-hmm. to learn more about their cultures. I see. That's a show I want to watch. Uh, <laughs> I read one review on Anime News Network that said it focuses on the world building of the monsters and mm-hmm. their philosophies mm-hmm. and, quote, avoids the seedier pitfalls common to the <laughs> Monster Girl genre, mm. which that's a surprise in itself to learn that Monster Girls is a genre. Is it really surprising? I guess not. <laughs> Are we plugging another show while <laughs> reviewing we'll a show? Maybe we'll one day. <laughs> that would be the hope. <laughs> uh Full disclosure, we have not seen that show. We don't know if it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of it for this week. I I think that we had an interesting role yes. this week. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to look forward to figure out what we're going to watch next week. Better luck next time. <laughs> yeah. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website, anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. And you can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links to that on our website. Thanks to Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that they've provided and for the random button which provides those wonderful and wonderfully terrible things. You can follow along each week. Uh, We'll have a link to the current title on our website and on social media so that you can watch the show that we're watching. Some titles might require a premium subscription to Crunchyroll. You can also watch it on Verve, uh, which is their bundling service at vrv.co. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music. Those come from the Senpai EPs, which you can find on his Bandcamp and other major streaming services like Spotify. I'll also provide links in the show notes and on our website in case you need to learn how to spell that. All right. I think it's that time. Are you ready to roll? I am ready. Let's do this. Random button in three, two, one. Let's roll. 
I don't know if I, I can pronounce it. I don't know if I can pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> Kono Aozora ni Yakusoku. And we're going to watch the first four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> first episode is called Sawaki Rina. Okay. Have you heard of this one? No. Great. No, I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. All right. Well, that'll do it for us, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. All right, bye. so much slack about messing it up and then you immediately mess it up.